we're looking at Luke chapter 4 this morning. You'll notice it's the exact same passage we were at last week. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but you go to write a sermon and you study and prepare and there's way more that you can possibly put in a single sermon and you preach your heart out one week and you walk out in the lobby and Ryan Walters says, man, that was great, but you didn't even get to the year of Jubilee. And then you're up all night Sunday night and you're thinking, I didn't give the people what they paid to hear and we got to go back to the exact same passage and dig a little bit deeper and see how Jesus in his pronouncement in Nazareth connects to the year of Jubilee. So I'm going to read for us from Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, Jesus that is, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Let's pray together. Jesus as it was fulfilled in your earthly ministry, so it is fulfilled now. Let us understand and celebrate that you bring the year of Jubilee. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you're going to see from the sermon today why one of my great desires was to name one of my children Jubilee. I wanted a daughter. I wanted to name her Jubilee. And I got overruled. So we did the next best thing. We rhymed with Jubilee, Amelie. And so I'm looking after this sermon for someone in the congregation to name their daughter Jubilee and I can live vicariously through you because this is such a huge element of the gospel as we're going to see. Jesus, he gets up and he preaches from Isaiah 61 to this synagogue and he leaves the words of Isaiah ringing in their ears that he is here to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the significance of that is that Jesus takes the year of the Lord's favor and he fulfills what that shows forth the year of Jubilee itself. Now to figure that out, let's turn in our Bibles to Leviticus 25, okay? Leviticus 25, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, third book of the Bible. Get to chapter 25. This is about where your Bible in a year reading plan is floundering. So we're gonna come alongside you and help you in Leviticus 25. And you'll notice when you get there that the first seven verses of this chapter explains Sabbath years. Now, you might be familiar with Sabbath weeks that God ordained that we should work six days and rest the seventh. We saw that in creation and in the book of Genesis, and we celebrate that today. Jesus rises on Sunday, and so this is the Christian Sabbath, work six days, rest the seventh. But not only that, God ordained for Israel's economy to work six and rest the seventh, but also to work six years and let the land lie fallow the seventh year. It was going to be a Sabbath year to celebrate. So between the weeks and the years, we begin to understand 
God's design for Israel's economy is not like our design for our economy. We work and wrestle and scrape and grasp and bend working hours into the evening and on the weekends and seven days a week and we always have access to ourselves till we could get more and more and more and God says there's something more important than more is rest and it's renewal and it's refreshment and he gives it in weeks and he gives it in years. Well, as you read the Old Testament, Israel refused to practice the Sabbath year. Why rest on the seventh year when you can make money? And they did it. And so God brings judgment of Babylon on Israel and exiles Israel out of the land, out of the promised land and into uh, exile land in Babylon so that he says, according to 2 Chronicles, he can let the land rest for 70 years, 70 Sabbath years, it never got under Israel. It will now get when they're in exile and he gives the land its rest. So it explains all that in verses one through seven. And then beginning in verse eight, we hear that every seven years, this is happening. We have this rhythm of rest, but every seven cycles of a Sabbath year, seven times seven, you get 49. That becomes the eve of the year of Jubilee because this is what's gonna happen. Look at Leviticus 25, verses nine through 10. Then you shall sound the loud trumpet on the 10th day of the seventh month, On the day of atonement, you shall sound the trumpet throughout all your land and you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you when each of you shall return to his property and each of you shall return to his clan. This so strikes our imagination. This is the inscription on the Liberty Bell. That cracked bell in Philadelphia has Leviticus 25 on this. This was a rallying cry at the revolution and this was a rallying cry in abolitionist time during the Civil War, a year of jubilee. Every 50 years, two of the most glorious celebrations fall and converge on the same day. It's like having a birthday on Easter. Everything good is here because on the day of atonement, we announce the Jubilee and it's so much of God's goodness rolled into one. Now the day of atonement, we know, of course, is once a year, the high priest goes into the holiest of holy places in the temple. This is the only time he can go and it's only the high priest and he brings an offering for the people for their atonement which means that God, instead of putting his just wrath for our sin on us, he places it on a substitute to pay that just wrath. And Israel did this every year on the Day of Atonement to look forward to the time that God would bring his true and best substitution that we now know is Jesus. So that's the Day of Atonement. But the Day of Atonement on the 50th year is special because, as we heard, A ram's horn is blown. It declares a year of liberty. And verse 10 says it's good news for two reasons. Each of you shall return to his property and each of you shall return to his clan. So property and people, this affects both and property goes first. In verses eight to 34, we hear about property and this is essentially what he's saying. Israel goes to the promised land. They left Egypt. They get into the promised land 
and the land is not their land, it's God's land, and God gives it to them as a gift, and he gives every family a portion of that property, and he says, this is yours forever. I give this to you forever. This will always be in your family's uh, heritage and possession. But, of course, families fall on hard times. As years go by, bills pile up, and one can't quite make ends meet, and I've got this valuable property entrusted to me by the Lord, but I don't have any cash on hand, and I can't feed myself and my family. What do I do? Well, this is why these laws exist, because you can never sell your property, but you can lease your property. So if it's year one of the calendar, then I'm essentially leasing my property to you for 49 years of harvest, You give me a ton of money for that. I get up out of debt and I'm able to feed my family and we're able to function together because at the 50th year, you're going to give that property back to me. It is my possession under God. So if it's five years left to the Jubilee, I get a small amount. If it's 50 years, I get a large amount. This is the way my family will get out of debt and we will also keep our land. Well, that happens with property and then verses 35 and on says, it also happens with people. I could become so poor and destitute. I could have no way to feed my family that I could lease myself, not just my land, but myself into indentured servitude of someone else and they will not possess me. They will use the work that I've given them and they will pay me that amount of money and when the year of Jubilee comes, I come back to my people, back to my clan. I will never be perpetually in slavery to another person. Well, you can see how this is a a beautiful principle. It is not communism, and it's not the canceling of private property, and it's not even so much a redistribution of wealth, but it is a check on the widening gap between the rich and the poor. That an Israelite family could never be so destitute they couldn't make ends meet. They always had the land to lease to someone else and they were always guaranteed that they were going to get that land back. So no matter what sacrifices they had to make, the year of Jubilee is coming. The year of Jubilee is coming. And can you imagine what that day, what that year would have been like for an Israelite? It's been a hard day, it's been a hard year, it's been a hard decade, we are poor, we can't get ahead, we left the home that I grew up in and we moved into the city and and even my dad had to go off and work for somebody else and we don't see him much and it's hard. But then this day comes and the trumpet sounds in every town and a proclamation goes throughout all the land, it's jubilee. It's the year of Jubilee. The Jubilee has come. And dad comes home and he scoops us up out of this crummy apartment and he takes us back to our land, the land we grew up in, in the house that my grandfather built on this land. And our neighbors come and welcome us and our friends that we grew up with come and celebrate us. And doesn't the air smell fresher in the land that we possessed? And isn't the sky bluer in the land that I grew up in? And doesn't the sun just feel warmer here? We're like George Bailey and it's a wonderful life. Merry Christmas. Christmas movie theater, Merry Christmas building and loan. I love every part of this. We're going to celebrate today and this week and this year. It is the year of Jubilee and we're home. How powerful. 
Well, some of y'all are thinking, that sounds great for Old Testament Israel. I'm happy for them. I really am. But <laughs> what does Leviticus 25 have to do with me? And I'm so glad you asked. Jesus intentionally uses jubilee imagery to describe what he has come to do. Notice in Leviticus 25.10, the passage doesn't say, blow a trumpet and go tell everybody it's the jubilee. It says, blow a trumpet and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. And I love that Hebrew word liberty, that word liberation and freedom. That's the same Hebrew word you would use to describe a bird flying in the sky. When you see a bird flying on its own, that is the liberty that's being described here. And it's not much used in the Old Testament. There's only a few uses of that Hebrew word. So if you wanted to list out the Hebrew uses of that word liberty, you're only going to find a few examples which I think is because God is laying breadcrumbs in the Bible to lead us from one place to another. And do you know one of those rare occurrences of liberty in the Old Testament? Isaiah 61. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. And wouldn't you know, that's the exact passage that Jesus chooses to announce his arrival. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And all of a sudden there is a golden thread in our Bibles from Leviticus 25 to Isaiah 61, to Luke chapter 4, that Jesus declares good news. This is the year of Jubilee here and now. Jesus brings the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is the Jubilee. That word that Leviticus and Isaiah use for liberty is a Hebrew word, and Jesus is preaching to the people in Greek so Jesus chooses a Greek word for liberty that has a double meaning. You're not going to be tested on this, but know this. It can mean liberty, liberation, freedom, but that word can also mean forgiveness. Isn't that interesting? Liberation and forgiveness can be the same word. So that in our passage, it's translated liberty, but in other passages, like when Jesus serves the Lord's Supper, for this is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness or for the liberation from sin. And that dense point brings us to our closing application. What does the Day of Atonement have to do with the year of Jubilee? Which is like asking, what does liberty have to do with forgiveness? Why is the one being announced on the Day of Atonement and why can the same word mean both liberty and forgiveness? One of sin's greatest lies is to make us believe we are our own masters. I'm the master of my soul. I do what I want, when I want, how I want to do it, and nobody has control over me. And Jesus says, you are lying to yourself. John 8, 48, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. 
Not an acquaintance with sin, not a friend with sin, not an on again, off again with sin. That person is a slave to sin. If I make a practice of sinning, I prove I'm a slave to it. I might sound like an addict and I might tell you I can stop anytime I want. I just do it because I want to do it. But I am lying to myself and I don't have to tell you what you already wear on your heart and soul that sin is a cruel taskmaster and a hateful Lord and sin bends us and breaks us and brings out the worst ruinous parts of ourselves and it poisons everything we touch and it poisons everyone we love and it is not finished with us until it will steal and kill and destroy everything in our path. That's what sin does. And on our own, We are all bound to the plantation of sin under that cruel slave master, sin and death itself. Without God, we are without hope until that glorious day when we could have sworn we heard the faintest trumpet sound and we ask each other, did you hear that? Did you hear what I'm hearing? And, and Slave Master Sin says, you didn't hear nothing, get back to work. But, but I swear I heard something until it gets louder and louder and the appointed herald comes into view and how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news and what a job that must be to do Leviticus 25 to proclaim liberty throughout the land and all its inhabitants to step into a town and say, this is it. This is the year of Jubilee. You are free to go as you please. And off come the chains and down go the tools and we march off this plantation in the exodus from sin into that most glorious union with Jesus himself. It is the year of Jubilee. But unlike the Old Testament, this one doesn't end. It gets proclaimed in Jesus at Nazareth and we're still proclaiming it today. It's not 365 days. It is the age. It is the eschaton. It is the new revelation of an era of jubilee that will go on forever and ever. And that changes everything. That changes absolutely everything. You and I have this good news You and I are heralds to ourselves and each other, to the church and the world, that this is the age of the year of the Lord's favor. This is the age of Jubilee. If I see a brother or sister in Christ who is going back to the plantation of sin and doing more work there and saying, the master said, I have more to do, we say, no, you do not. This is the year of Jubilee. Get up out of there and come with us. If we see someone who has been wronged or hurt by another person and they want to get even with them, we say to that brother and sister in Christ, no, you do not. This is the year of Jubilee. If Jesus has set you free, how could you turn around and bind another person? Come on with us. If we see anybody in our city who is poor or blind or oppressed or captive materially or spiritually, we say, we've got good news for you. This is the year of Jubilee. Come on, get up and follow us. We are onward and upward into the Lord. And finally, should Jesus tarry, 
We have a job to do with each other as believers. We're going to bury each other one by one. We've done that in this church, and we will continue to do that. And I hope when that hour comes for me that I'm brave and I bear up under it and I testify to good news, but but I might not be, and it doesn't matter because you're going to sit with me and say, this is the year of Jubilee. This is the year of the Lord's favor. It's not about you. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, there's not a day less to look at each other and say, This is the age of the Lord's favor. This is God's year to act. Jesus has brought the Jubilee and we are free. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Jesus, proclaim this glory in and among us to our hearts and our souls, to our neighbors and our co-workers, to our children in our midst. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is his year to act. Jesus has brought the jubilee. Let us feel your forgiveness. Let us feel your liberation. Let us walk in the freedom that Jesus brings. We ask in his most precious name. Amen.